Man, I just can't figure out this chat room's intro. What am I gonna do? Duh! Oh, God. I'll just log into the podcast hosts who love French Toast chat room. Okay, time to log in. What up, my fellow casters? Yesteryear Deer here. I need some help with writing my intro for chat rooms. The episode this week for my podcast. This was a thing. The Retro Podcast. Available wherever you can find podcasts. Is this the only note this guy knows how to give? Make it quick and to the point. Well, to your point, some studies have shown that the listeners enjoy the long, drawn-out intros, you know? Well, yeah, the, the study was done in my sleep, but... Okay, yes, Chris Hardwick 333, it would technically be considered a dream. Oh, thank God, someone I actually like. My main caster. What up, true crime mime? Were you able to catch up on the chat? Any ideas? Just say it's the chat room episode. Yeah, I know. Well, duh. But I want an intro that's sassy and yet classy. Something that's, you know, a little fluffy, but not too stuffy. Okay, okay, okay. Jeez. Okay, we chat about the interesting history of chat rooms this week on... Okay, yeah, that's funny. I'll say it like that. This week on This Was A Thing. You were right, True Crime Mime. The Robin Leach impression made it super classy. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Ray. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. This week we're talking about chat rooms. Remember those? Yes, I do. Now, this was a thing because for as long as humans have been alive, they've needed to communicate. You know, whether it be from grunting to each other (laughs) before language was invented (laughs) or angrily replying to Facebook posts, communication was always there. That's true, yeah. You know? Uh, And chat rooms have been a major part of communication for just over... 50 years. No. Yeah, yeah, but, it, you know, not to the wide masses. But have, did you ever frequent chat rooms, Rob? You know, I'm going to be honest with you, I did not. Oh, really? I was scared to because I, th- when I was growing up, we were always told, like, that chat rooms are dangerous and there's predators in there. So I never went in. I never went into chat rooms. Now, you said it was 50 years old? Or? 50 years old. And I'll get into that in a second. I just uh, I used two really great articles to help me piece this all together, the facts, able to piece uh, together a timeline of how it all went down. The first was Saturday Evening Post. Remember that? Great periodical. <laughs> <No>. The <laughs> no. Saturday Evening Post. That's like, oh, yeah, that's like an old school one. It's called Chat Has Entered the Chat. Oh, okay. That's Written cute. by Troy Brownfield. Uh, it was in March 2021. The second was from the site TechWalla. It's titled The History of Chat Rooms. Written by Faith Davies. Now, let's get to typing, huh? 
Oh, wait, hold on. I need to sign in. Nothing brings back a flood of memories like that sound. Did you ever sneak on the computer and like after like when you weren't supposed to use it and you thought you had muted it and you didn't mute oh, it? Oh yeah. And this thing just came blasting out. Oh, your yeah. parent your parents were like, uh oh. Now here's a little short explanation of chat rooms from that Tech Wallet article. Chat rooms have evolved from the stuff of computer geniuses to a user friendly platform for people of all ages. The uses of chat rooms have expanded from gaming and simple conversation to applications used in education, business, medicine, and customer service. Clubs, organizations, and support groups utilize private chat rooms to hold meetings and detailed help functions help those with the little or no experience utilize such programs with ease. Now I'm going to talk about each thing in order as they were released within each topic. I'll discuss that program's timeline. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now uh, what's considered to be the forerunner of the modern internet goes all the way back to 1969. ARPANET was introduced with the help of the Department of Defense, the name ARPANET coming from the Advanced Research Project Agency uh, section of the Department of Department of Defense. Uh, on December 5th, 1969, ARPA connected four computer network nodes at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park, California, UC Santa Barbara, and the U- University of uh, Utah. So it was the first time that oh. like four different networks were t- connected to each other. How big were these computers and networks? I mean, they have, they've had to have been giant. 1969. Right? Oh, Shit. absolutely. Now, the networks would soon become a network of networks with connections to entities like universities and the National Science Foundation. Foundation. The first email would be developed on this, this system two years later in 1971. As for chat specifically, it came from the work on Berkeley PhD Murray Turoff. Turoff worked for the government in the Office of Emergency Preparedness under the Nixon administration. Ooh, so Nixon was in chat rooms? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What chat rooms do you think Richard Nixon would have joined? Oh, geez. Uh, this is Dick from Washington. Question. Anyone know how to erase? <laughs> Just curious. He was instructed to put together an alternative communication system. This system was called IMSARI, which was Emergency Management Information System and Reference Index. (laughs) Because it kept disconnecting you and you'd go, sorry. Now, it connected users so that up to 10 offices could communicate in real time. Nicknamed the Party Line. I'm sorry, was a common use on the system until 1986. So it was still around till mid 80s. Pretty cool, huh? Oh. Now, the I'm sorry was only available to a limited number of cleared users, which meant that not many people could experience this new technology. You know, government stuff. You know, you got to have clearance. So it wasn't for the general public. No, this was still, yeah, this was still all government inside wow. stuff. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so they were. They were holding off for the general public to find out. Now, the first chat system that would could be used by the general public came along in 1973, the Tacomatic. <laughs> the Tacomatic? Yeah, Tacomatic. Tacomatic, 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 Their internet came with either a hard shell or a soft shell. <laughs> Stupid. Now, the Tacomatic let you watch messages appear letter by letter. And gave you explosive diarrhea <laughs> an hour after opening your email. <laughs> Stupid. Now, the problem... The problem with Talkomatic was that only five participants could be in a room at one time, so it was a very small group of friends that you could have, but I feel like I would be fine with Talkomatic. I, I think that'd be okay, too. With the next step in the evolution of chat rooms, things got a little mud-y. Mm. It's when the multi-user dungeon 
or oh, mud server you fooled me. was introduced. Get it? Things got a little mud. I was in for it. Because his nickname is Mud. <laughs> is that, Hello? Now, in 1978, <laughs> a student at England's University of Essex named Roy Trubshaw got their first email, which was sent back in 1972. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Trubshaw created a computer program that allowed people to join in fantasy-based game on their home computers. The program was called MUD, or Multi-User Dungeon. Their name is an homage to... Dungeons & Dragons? Very good. I got it right? Yep. Wow. Of course it was. The One of the first ones was made by a... Uh, D- a D&D player. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And it just, it, uh, it, all, it all adds up. Slowly but surely, Roy Trubshaw's first mud started to spread outside of a circle of fantasy-loving <laughs> friends and acquaintances. Roy's mud spread out of a circle? Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Roy. No shock there. Now, uh, others would start to create their own versions of the program. This is from TechWalla. Uh, by 1994, there were more than 400 muds on the internet, and their topics spread from gaming to general conversation to muds formed by groups and associations to discuss common interests. Muds were relegated largely to those who were computer savvy and served as the first online chat rooms. So up until this point, outside of the government, you had to be pretty computer savvy to like understand how chat rooms work. Now you could, and have a computer. Yeah, have a computer. Well, yeah, exactly. Which I guess at this point, having a computer would make you computer savvy. Yeah. Now, so yeah, in the eighties, yeah, or seventies even. Jumping all the way to nineteen ninety four was fun and all, but let's get back to the timeline, huh? We're going back to nineteen eighty. Now, on February 21st, 1980, CompuServe introduced us to the CB Simulator, a.k.a. CompuServe CB. It was the first public commercial multi-user chat program. It was developed by CompuServe executive Alexander Sandy Trevor. Now, CompuServe was the first major commercial online service provider. It would connect to a modem. If you own a computer, here's how to get the most out of it without buying lots of expensive software. Get ready to write down a phone number and watch this. CompuServe combines the power of your computer with the convenience of your telephone to bring you hundreds of online services, like a complete set of encyclopedias and the AP Newswire. It helps you decide on investments, bank, make airline reservations, and shop in the electronic mall. It connects you with other computer owners and offers games that pit you against opponents around the country. You get all this and more, and it's as simple as making a local phone call. I will say, even though this all is like, yeah, duh, can you imagine seeing this in like 1990? What year was this, 91? CB Simulator was in 1980 started, but that commercial was from 89. But still, Still, even still, yeah, like, yeah, like I could have a whole set of encyclopedias. On a little TV screen. And I can go shopping and yeah. not have to leave the at house? Elec- Electronic Mall? <laughs> That's my favorite. Go shopping at Electronic Mall. Now, here's a brief explanation of how CompuServe worked back in the mid-80s. This was written in 1985, talking about them connecting to their modem. Uh, a modem, of course, is the device that connects a computer to the phone and from there to any other similarly equipped computer. CompuServe is the largest of a number of modem networks. It charges its subscribers an initial small fee to open an account with a special ID number and then charges hourly fees for access to hundreds of services from stock reports to airline information. In addition to its business services, the network also offers a number of social services, including numerous special interest groups, SIGs, and the CB channels, where users can mingle. 
back then to go on the internet would be an hourly fee so it'd be like calling like a 1-900 number so if you were on for three hours it would be like okay you're getting charged for three hours as opposed to just now paying like you know this is my monthly internet bill CompuServe used the CB branding because chat rooms were still a relatively new concept to most of the country, but the general public was very familiar with the idea of CB radio. Ah, from the 70s. Yes, exactly. Now, CB radios are probably most well-known as long-haul truckers' best form of communication before cell phones, you know what I mean? Besides Dinah at the diner, because she's got a mouth on her. (laughs) Exactly. You don't want anyone to know. Tell Dinah. The mid to late 70s saw CB radios have a massive rise in popularity, for real, with Smoking the Bandit films, the Dukes of Hazard yes, TV show, yes. and the 1975 number one single, Convoy, which led to the 1978 Chris Christopherson and Ernest Borgnine film titled Convoy. CB radios were fresh on everyone's mind. There was even a freaking Hanna-Barbera cartoon called CB Bears. Yes. <laughs> CB Bears, Boogie, Hustle and Bump, Mobile Mystery Solvers, with Blast Off Buzzard and Crazy Legs in a constant comedy chase of laughs and fun. Along with Slipshod Sheriff and his posse Impossible, all rolled into a surprise package of excitement on the CB Bears Show. CompuServe CB Simulator used the CB radio model to help users understand the strange new concept. Like CB radio, it had 40 channels and commands like tune, squelch, and monitor. Now, I can't tell you what those mean, but I know that when I see the word squelch on the internet, I avoid it. CB Simulator quickly became the largest single product on CompuServe despite virtually no marketing. When 40 channels was not enough, additional bands were added such as the adult band so you could switch your station yeah you could go to different you, well, you go to different channels so it's oral chat rooms no it, it was typing it was still typing oh really yeah but it cb was, radio but well it's not but it's not radio it's cb simulator oh, but i'm saying i'm sorry no but i'm, I'm saying they're using the branding that sorry. is cb so yep. people understand that they can communicate with uh, each other sorry and yes. so when they say cb they go oh okay it's like a cb but with my fingers thank you and cb simulator actually proved to be quite the love connection so the first online wedding occurred. What? An yep, online wedding? Yep, occurred on CompuServe CB, and worldwide fans organized events to meet in the quote unquote real world people that they'd met on the Including CB. Including the bride and groom. Yeah, well, they wanted to. CompuServe CBIG, aka CB Interest Group, SysOp, aka System Operator, Chris Dunn, aka Chris Doss, met his wife Pamela, aka Zebra 3, there in the early 1980s, and they were eventually featured on the Phil Donahue show. What a lucky couple. Later enhancements to CompuServe CB were made to enable multiplayer games, digital pictures, multimedia, and large conferences. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones held the first online multimedia conference using CompuServe CB from London on December 7, 1995. CB Simulator was still popular through the 90s and wasn't officially finished until 2009 when the CompuServe Classic service shut down. So it was still being used till 2009. So I bet the people in that utopia of the future were like, well, this is still utopia compared to what else is out there. (laughs) True. Now, we're going back in a time war. 
1988. August 1988. Well, it's going to be hot. I should have put shorts on. <laughs> Jarko Oikarinen, Oikarinen, Jarko Oikarinen created Internet Relay Chat, or IRC. If you're if you're in the know, I'm not. Yeah, well, it's IRC. He created it while working at the University of Alu in Finland. So it's a Finnish name. So mm. I, I'm I, that's the one that's the one last name I'm not good at pronouncing. That's okay. You're great with all the other names. I'm very good with other names. The original design was meant to support bulletin board function that allowed people to discuss software, news, and other uh, issues online. The original IRC chat room platform featured only one server and one network, and it wasn't a big thing at all. This is from TechWalla. Users enjoyed the social aspects of IRC chat and utilized it for sharing of information. During the Soviet coup attempt in 1991, much of the world anxiously sought information from the USSR where media was forbidden to report. IRC chat reports became the sole news source leaving the wow. country spreading the word about IRC so that was kind of got the word out there about the internet relay chat I'm going to ask you a stupid question you might not know the answer to how long did it take from typing something and hitting send to the person then receiving that message because now we know it's instantaneous I'm pretty sure it was instantaneous back, back then, then as well. yeah because even back with the talk you, you would see it like one by gotcha. one as the people were typing gotcha so I, I can only imagine over time that it would be pretty instantaneous thank you IRC gained popularity because users could install it on systems and conduct not only chats but data transfers IRC is a uh, where the idea of Napster was first discussed. Uh-oh. The file-sharing aspect of IRC made Sean Fanning start to really think about the idea of sharing music. So just because you can share files, he said, why can't I share music? IRC is still around today, and over time has grown to several thousand networks. People just have to register online, and then they have a ton of chat rooms to check out. So if you want to go in there, Please let us know how it is. The numbers have gone down, though, uh, due to the rise of social media. So, you know, obviously things go down. Between 2003 and 2012, there was a 60% decrease in users. So that's around the time where MySpace, Aha. Facebook, ah. Twitter. So that would cause the chat room to decrease. You ready for another time jump? Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Do I need to buckle up? Mm, no, we're going to go a little bit slow. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's jump back to 1991. Ooh. Oh, it looks so nice around here. Nice. So many pastels. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I love what you did with your shirt. What is that, a popped collar? It is indeed. Now, be quiet. Family Matters is about to start. <laughs> Okay, so Java Chat wasn't just meeting an old friend for coffee. <laughs> no, no. Java is a type of computer language. Oh. Computer language. In 1991, developers at Sun Microsystems, a tech company that specialized in computers and all the fun-related accessories that come with computers. Can I get a can I get a woo woo for fun-related ex computer accessories? Woo oh yeah. Now they began to work on a programming language of the internet. Now, I would have just gone with Klingon. <laughs> but, but apparently it's not a language. <laughs> and that's, that's why I'm not a computer person. <laughs> okay. Now, the first iteration of this new language of the internet was called Oak. But by 1995, it was just renamed Java. Sorry, Oak. Yeah, sorry, Oak. Now, it allowed for dynamic graphics and applications to be performed on the internet. A bunch of websites launched Java that year, and it was released. And with that, Java chat rooms were created. This is from TechWalla. 
Java chat was unique in that it could be embedded into a website page, allowing people to participate in chat rooms from their internet browser. Java technology continued to grow until it reached usage on more than 550 million computers in 2003. Uh, Java chat is available on hundreds of thousands of websites and used for a range of purposes from recreational and personal to computer service chat rooms on business websites. So mm. it doesn't seem like it's more like private chats, but it's like you can embed it in like a website yes, and stuff. Yes. Now Java is still used, but it's it's not as nearly as big as it once was. Uh, one of the things that I think made it start to lose steam is that it was never and will never be able to be run on iPhones and iPads. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. To run Java, you need a Java virtual machine or JVM and iOS systems have not and will never have a JVN. Why is that? I think Steve Jobs just didn't like Java. It was a thing where Steve Jobs was always very anti-Java. Okay. And I think it was one of those things where he looked at it like technology that he understood it was there, but it didn't need to be around because there were things were moving around. And so public... he would make it obsolete. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and it seems to kind of be going that way anyway. Now it's time for the daddy of all chat room providers. Not daddy in the sense of oldness, but daddy in the sense of, oh, daddy. Can you please not look me in the eye when you do that? <laughs> America? I... Please. <laughs> on line hey yo world baby welcome you've got mail the aol that we know started in 1991 but the company dated back to 1983 but it was in 91 that aol tried a new strategy now this is from the saturday evening post while CompuServe was well entrenched in the tech community, AOL pitched itself as the place for new users, showcasing features like games and email. It inc it's incredibly aggressive marketing and ubiquitous. Try AOL for free CD-ROM. Sued main AOL, the dominant internet hey, service provider. Game? I'm just finishing up here with my new kayaking friends. Kayaking friends on your computer? Yeah, I just got America Online. Sounds great. Listen, I can't go to the game today. What? I've got to send something for my mom's birthday. It's tomorrow. I'll then book plane tickets for our trip next week, and my kids got to go to the library to look up dinosaurs. Hey, we can take care of all that before we go. Yeah, right. Oh, with America Online. America Online can do all that? Yeah. How about sending your mom some nice flowers? All you do is click on Marketplace. We place an order. Call now for America Online. Sure, all those free hours helped get people to AOL, but one of the things that made them stick around were the chat rooms. Now, Time did an article in 2012 called AOL's Longest Running Employee on the History of Chat Rooms. He interviews Joe Schober, who at the time was the longest tenured employee at AOL and was the chief, the chief architect, and he ended up leaving the company in 2014. Either way, Joe Schober provided really good insight at the beginning of AOL working, how they were figuring out chat rooms. When he started in 1988, it was the year before they rebranded to American Online, mm. America Online. Then it was called Apple Link, which was just a project uh, commissioned by Apple Computers and a company called Quantum Computer Services to connect Apple II and Macintosh computers. So it was essentially an Apple-started thing. The beta test was dubbed Samuel. And for Schrober, who was a teenage fan of BBSs or the bulletin board systems, it was an intriguing opportunity. So this is a short little history I got on BBSs from Computer World. Chicago's Great Blizzard in the early 1978 spawned a new means of virtual communication for literal shut-ins, the Computer Bulletin Board System, or BBS. Unlike commercial online services aimed at the national audience, many BBSs were local affairs run by hobbyists, often limited to just one user at a time, but they provided a downloadable files and applications 
donations as well as a forum to post messages for other members. And some of the larger BBSs grew to be to rival the commercial online services in size and scope, either separately or in BBS networks such as FidoNet. So it's essentially like not necessarily a chat room, but you could go like one person go in and be like, hey, Rob, you should look at watch this TV show. And then you could log on and be like, hey, this person left me this note. You know what I mean? So yeah. it wasn't instantaneous chatting, but it was still a way to chat outside of in person or on the phone or fat you know what i mean so yeah. it kind of was a granddaddy almost to what chatting is and granddaddy so while bbs's do have the similarities to chat room it doesn't seem you could have the same kind of back and forth though you know what i mean mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um this is from the time article uh Schober recalled a little a, a little frontier town where you could initially recognize almost every screen name you came across when the main chat room filled up to capacity necessitating the creation of lobby 2 the community celebrated it only took 23 people to fill a chat room so in the Samuel beta tests, 23 people filled up a chat room. And so they were so excited when number 24 came in and they had to make a second room. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Schober said, I know for myself personally, I found it fascinating. The BBS world, it tended to be a one-line experience. You were the sole user of the service. You could send email, you could leave messages, but it wasn't interactive in real time in the same way. So the experience of going into a chat room and getting a a response a couple of seconds later from someone who was in the same chat room was just really cool. So it's something brand new where it's like we are so used to that kind of technology nowadays or something like that. It's like just crazy to think the the beginning of the Internet is just so weird to me and just crazy. The service would eventually start to support Windows, uh, which only brought more users and initially a Mac Apple product. The chat product called People Connection had a bunch of different rooms for people interested in topics like genealogy and strategy games. Uh, Remember, this was before 23andMe and stuff. Instead of spitting into a tube and waiting three weeks, you just log in and chat. And then you find out, oh, I think this is a relative because they're saying they're a relative of mine and they need money. I'm, he's pretty legit. He's now the prince of Nigeria. <laughs> Good for Arnold. Hey, wow. hey, that's <laughs> Good a, for cousin Arnold. That's a promotion. Well, the time has come. Yes. This was a thing is going off the air. What? April Fools. Ray, <laughs> you made my heart uh, leap faster than a slammer hitting a pog. No, no, no. Don't worry, folks. We ain't going nowhere. And in order to ensure that, friends, we need your help. Our podcast is entirely self-produced, and we need your help. Now, if you can, our little Easter eggs, head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And search for This Was a Thing. And then you can set a monthly donation, even a dollar a month helps us your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing which our families are still trying to figure out have a great june it's april you little fool really dude Schober remembers a ticker dubbed Network News, and it was a kind of virtual community newsletter that would let people know when certain chat rooms had a special guest or were discussing certain topics. Now, AOL went public in 1992, and uh, this is from Time. The company was positioned perfectly for the onset of the internet age. Windows 3.1 was released and making personal computers both affordable and easier to use. And despite our memories of a slow-dialing modems of the 90s, connecting to the World Wide Web was faster than ever at the time. So 
even with the dial-up that we remember for being so slow, that was yeah. that was speedy. Participation in chat rooms started to snowball. As more people used them, the variety of chat rooms increased, at- attracting even more people. Then, in 1996, America Online opened the floodgates by introducing a monthly flat rate instead of charging by the hour. So for 1995 a month, users could now linger in chat rooms for as long as they wanted. Unless the phone rang and it knocked you offline. Exactly, yeah. Don't call me. Don't call. Remember that? When you'd have to like call someone at their house and it would just always constantly be busy. Yes. Now, for the first time, really, you, you didn't have to be some computer genius to chat. As long as you had a phone line and a long cord, you could chat away. And I guess you need a computer, too. I got a phone line and a long cord. Oh, shit. What if I put it next to the TV? That's kind of like a monitor. Yeah. I got two steps down. Let's uh, move the word processor over. Even President Bill Clinton saw this as an opportunity to reach out to even more Americans. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? Associated Press reported in 1993 that Clinton's team of young high-tech specialists were pondering new ways of communicating directly with Americans. AOL users could get information from the White House and even send the president electronic mail, known as email, Mm. if they want. You just needed to make some fun screen name for yourself, something that maybe said something about your interests, your likes. President Clinton's was Clinton PZ. Now, there were tons and tons of chat rooms on AOL, like so many. Schober said that the AOL's peak, the company would gain over 70,000 users a day, uh, causing chat rooms communities to rapidly evolve. He said chat rooms were like being in a really noisy cocktail party. So I found a list of different chat rooms AOL had. Oh, okay. I'm going to list some of my favorites that I saw. Uh, this is by name only, not content of said chat room. Shout out to iCopiedYou.com for compiling this list. And I, I, I didn't even, this is not all of them. So there was a town square section, which I think was just general chat. There was yeah. the bonfire, a chill in the air, a crowded room, beach party, best little chat house, biker bar, board, honky tonks, hot barbecue. Hot barbecue? <laughs> Yeah, hot barbecue. What the hell happened in that I room? I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't get into it, but I just love the title, the names. The park, the park bench, pool party, uh, the pub, the saloon. And I'm sure this one came around after a certain commercial. What's up? Oh, jeez, yes. The web developer Brian Riccardi talked about using AOL chat rooms in his teens to inverse. It was a different time. <laughs> My favorite life. It was a different time. Because in the 90s, no one gave their real personal information on the internet. It was really cool because even if your parents were in the next room, they couldn't hear what you were talking about because you were typing on the internet. Maybe you wanted to talk about arts and entertainment. There was action movies, American Idol, Artist Cafe, Author's Lounge, Britney Spears, Celeb Talk, Deadheads Online, Eminem, The Forest, Hollywood Tonight, Hot Gossip, Michael Jackson, Microsoft Xbox, Movie Madness, and One Tree Hill. <laughs> Pokemon, Reality TV, Red Dragon Inn, Soaps, Star Wars, Theater, Trivial Pursuit, TV chat. Those last three were literally made for me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Theater, Trivial Pursuit, TV chat. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You could chat about pretty much any genre of music you wanted to, from gothic music to inspirational music, 80s music to country music. If you wanted to chat about a specific genre of music, you could have probably found a chat room on AOL. Each branch of the U.S. Armed Services had chat rooms pre-Space Force, of course. Yes. You could find chats based on your ethnicity. You could find chats based on your religion or lack of religion. You could find chats for divorcees. You could find chats for 
elderly love connections. It may seem pretty normal today, like, duh, of course there were always elderly folks to make love connection online, but this was almost 30 years ago. This is all new and crazy. Like I said, unless you knew a thing or two about computers, you probably weren't speaking to strangers on the internet before AOL. Correct. I mean, AOL brought... So the internet to the general public. I mean, that they are majorly responsible for that because of those try AOL free and stuff. Because most of the time, people didn't have Remember, the internet. Every, like every other week, you would go to your you get you get your mail, and there would be that CD for you. Remember? Oh yeah, it was like gold. I got a six months one. Speaking of love connections, how about some chat rooms from the romance section? Oh, I'd love to hear about that. Alone at home. Wait, can we get some real romantic music? Oh yeah, nice, Daniel. Alone at home, at the drive-in. Best date ever. Big and beautiful. Campfire flirts. Catholic singles. Chance encounters. Check out Lane. Christian singles. The flirts nook. Friends first. Hot and humid. Jewish singles. In all caps. Looking. Married. Masquerade ball. Military lovers. Old fashioned. Older men. Older women. 60s plus love. Snuggle up. Tonight's the night. Weekend Confessions, worst date ever. But if you weren't looking for love, maybe you're looking for the truth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe you were looking for like-minded people who yes. think outside of the box. Yes. Well, then I have the special interest sections that might be right up your alley. There's abducted by UFOs, antique collectors, astrology, audio car stereos, birds as pets, born again online, chat about the web, comic books, collecting, conspiracy theories, crafts chat, dad's den, do you believe? Dog tales, dreams chat, eBay enthusiasts, Elvis sightings, feline fancy, fiber and needle art, fish's pets, Harley riders, Mac or PC, metaphysics, political conspiracy, reptiles as pets, rant and rave, tiki lounge, tropical beach, trucker chat. This all sounds like Jeopardy categories. Right? What I'm trying to get across is that if you wanted a specific ass chat room, you could probably find that specific ass chat room on AOL. By 1997, AOL had 19,000 chat rooms. 19,000. 1996 is when they opened up the floodgates for the 1999 a month. So they had 19,000 chat rooms. At its peak, there were more than 100 million screen names and users spent over a million hours chatting a year. So there was a lot of chatting going on. This is from time. The late 90s, according to Schober, was when the chat rooms hit their peak. Just how powerful was America Online during this time? Reggie Fairchild, product manager for AOL 4.0, shared this little story on Quora. When we launched AOL 4.0 in 1998, AOL used all of the worldwide CD production for several weeks. Think of that. Not a single music CD or Microsoft CD was produced during those weeks. That is mind-blowing. And it makes sense now when you think about all how many fucking CDs there were and all those CDs that you would get. Uh, 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 It's insane. Now, it worked because people signed up in droves. In 1995, AOL employees were given the usage of a buddy list to communicate to other employees on their intranet. By 1997, AOL launched AOL Instant Messenger, or AIM. And oh boy, did that change the way that people chatted on the internet. And in life. Oh my God, the memories. Yep. Now, the next year, the service became available to non-AOL subscribers, and it was 
on. Kids, if you did not grow up with this, you have no idea what those sounds were like to us. You'd be sitting in your room, lonely and bored, waiting for one of your friends to come online, and then you'd hear that door, and you'd be like, oh my god, they're here. My friends are here. Now, AIM was pre-text messages as we know them. So we essentially now have AIM at our fingertips, which is now, that's how texting is. Now, by 1999, AOL subscriber base was at 17 million, but then a much faster sexier challenger stepped into the ring. Who's that? Again, from Time Magazine. Then in the 2000s, the rise of DSL and cable modems made paying AOL a monthly fee for internet access seem increasingly unnecessary. Friendster launched in 2002, MySpace in 2003, and Facebook in 2004. Massively multiplayer online role-playing games, MMORPGs, like World of Warcraft, made gaming and chat rooms seem antiquated. The 2.0 version of AIM was released in 2001 and it allowed non-AOL subscribers to use the Messenger and also included the use of private chat rooms that users could invite one another to participate in which i feel like it just aim i guess it was multiple people you could do chat rooms were available to aim users until 2010 but then aol announced since uses of aim chat has declined significantly in recent months our focus has moved to other products mm. now aol is still around but nowhere near the absolute giant that it was in mid 90s verizon bought it in 2015 for 4.4 billion dollars then six years later in 2000 uh, in 2021 verizon packaged it with yahoo and sold it to a private equity firm apollo global management for five billion dollars and i feel like that had to have been a loss considering they sold both yahoo and aol together for only Oof-da. 600 million more Oof-da. i don't know that's not good. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like talking. I do miss AIM. I'm not. I'm gonna see if they have. Uh, you can buy text tones. <laughs> that the AIM, Are you gonna do it? Uh, if if you can buy an AIM t- chat text tone, it's gonna be your new. Now, before I move on from AOL, I want to talk about a gr- another great article I found from Inverse, written by Rosalie Chan. It's titled "Gardening, Sex, and Trolling: Who's in AOL Chat Rooms in 2017?" Who is? These are some really interesting little tidbits from the article. Like I said, written in 2017. Not only does it talk about AOL chat rooms in 2017, but it discussed how different things were over 20 years ago. Now, these are just the polls from the article. About 1,500 people can be counted in all of AOL's public chat rooms today. Many chat rooms seem to have only one person loitering inside. It's incredibly difficult to even use the chat rooms because you need AOL Desktop, a free program that, when downloaded, feels like a glimpse back into the days of dial-up. Now primarily a digital media company, AOL seems to have forgotten about its chat rooms and the people who use them doesn't even want to talk about them. The company refused to make anyone available for this story. So who's wow. conversing? Yeah. So who's conversing in AOL chat rooms now? A mix of elderly and trolls, and just like in the 1990s, people looking for sex. Frequent longtime users, it seems to be mostly elderly, who log onto the chat about gardening, have increasingly been met with trolls who start arguments about President Donald Trump. They just want to garden. <laughs> and yes, there are people still unsure about Tinder looking for love. The most popular chat rooms on AOL today have names like Widows and Widowers, Garden Chat, and 60s Plus. Also popular, a chat room for Republicans along with chat rooms called Beliefs Christians and Born Again. User-created sexual fantasy rooms are also popular. (laughs) Angelique Weger was a moderator for Teen Chat back in the day when she was a teen. Uh, She said things that were a lot better 
different back then. It wasn't a troublesome space. I have to imagine moderating spaces online in 2017. There's a lot more abusive behavior. It was more often you had to remind people what the values and norms of the room were. So no, just that kind of got me. Like imagine nowadays someone going like, well, let me tell you about the values and the norms of this room. People be like, get the fuck out of here, you loser. Nobody wants to hear it. Now compared to chatting and threading experiences you get nowadays, trolls basically did not exist, Joe Schober said. It was a much more family-friendly kind of environment. You did not get into a chat room wars or thread wars. It seems like a more dignified discussion. It was very comfortable and friendly environment. Chat rooms are a completely different landscape now. When I enter the room called Beliefs Christian, presumably about Jesus, trolls angrily message each other with profanity and hate messages about Trump, liberals, and more. Mm. Occasionally, someone tries to introduce a topic of spirituality. For example, go out into the fields and bring God's people back into the church is something that was on there. When I enter 60s plus love, the only active romance room where I was online, elderly men immediately started messaging me. One man, Tony, age 60. I introduced myself as a reporter and after an awkward initial exchange, he says he uses chat rooms to look for a girlfriend. He doesn't use other dating sites. When I ask him why, he says he'd love to, but he doesn't know what else to use or how to get there. I understand him. Other use chat rooms to anonymously express their sexuality. Tina, a 45-year-old home goods business owner, initially used the room the rooms to chat with other moms but eventually moved into adult chat rooms sp- uh, spending anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours chatting about fantasies and trading porn videos the chat rooms are an easy quick escape the lady says the woman says some of the chat rooms she frequences are 40 plus nudist and lgbtq none of her family and friends in real life know she uses AOL chat rooms much less that she's attracted to women i always had an inner feeling i guess tina says with the example of aol and aim said of course there were others. Yahoo! Get out. From TechWalla. Uh, Yahoo launched its own instant messenger in 1998. From its inception, Yahoo Messenger users could uh, access chat rooms on a variety of topics for Yahoo users, as well as private chat rooms. While Yahoo Messenger still provides access to Yahoo group chat rooms, the ability to create private chat rooms was removed in 2007. A Saturday evening post, in the early 2000s, MySpace, followed by Facebook, Twitter, and many more, changed the shape of online discourse. Many programs and services like Zoom make use of the chat features to this day, but the notion of a destination chat room has been refigured by time and technology, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Now, the rise of social medias and also the rise of video chat technologies made the old school form of chat rooms obsolete almost. Because I mm. feel like now mm. it's like everyone just expects, oh, I can see. Yes, I can see other people. Why not just see them? What's all this typing crap? This is from Inverse. In 2014, Facebook tried to bring back chat rooms by launching a Rooms app. It wasn't very successful and the service has since ended. But Messenger apps like Slack are on the rise where people can create teams around similar goals or interests. Now, have you ever used Slack, Rob? I have not used or Slack. Or anything like Slack? No. I feel like that, yeah, it's a. have never used it. But I keep hearing about it and uh, I feel like it's a big thing. Now, there's also, but there is now encrypted chat apps like Telegram and Gab. Do you know where you've heard those two i have not uh, well those are used by a lot of QAnon chats and alt-right alt-right fringe groups okay great so that's fun but hey everyone's got a chat huh now uh, i may have left off some of your old favorite chat room hosting forum or website and if i did i'm sorry please let us know if i did and what they were uh there's just so many things like this especially in the late 90s and early 2000s that i just had to talk about the biggest sites because i'm sure there were just random you know niche sites that just i i never even knew about chat rooms were a major part of people 
being introduced to what the internet was capable of. Joe Schober said to Inverse, I definitely knew a lot of people who lived in little towns. They were kind of cooped up in their home in a rural area, but having that exposure where you can talk to people across the world or across the U.S. just opened so many doors and stretched the horizons. Schober doesn't think public chat rooms will completely go away. It exists in other forms like live commenting or tweeting on Facebook and Twitter. He suspects that if chat rooms weren't popularized, the adoption of the internet would have been slower as people are uh, are attracted to community. Mm. He also said people like to be in communities and communicate with each other. Nowadays, community is so freaking integral to what people do online. It's all about sharing stuff on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Community communicate. What is that from? That was from me right now. Oh, that was good. Thanks. When we get back from the break, we'll uh... chat about chat rooms. Just a little chat. What do you think of that? Chat. Hello? Hello? Oh, God. I think Rob's gone. Well, I, I, No, no, no. I, I'm still here. I've been doing chat and stuff. Um, this guy wants me to send my credit card information. That's legit, right? Why would anyone lie on the internet? This was a thing. This was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Hello. Age, sex, location, please. Do you hear how easy that was? Then I have something for you. Chat rooms IRL, which is short for in real life. That's right. Chat rooms in real life. Howdy. I'm up and coming guru forward slash lifestyle expert backslash night security guard Jacob Derrick. Oh, and I am sorry for being rude. Age? Eh, let's say mid 40s. Sex? Male. Location? Well, on Tuesday, Thursday, and every other Saturday night, you can find me at the Wells Fargo in La Cañada Flint Ridge, right off of Foothill Boulevard. It's across the street from the Arco that has those fair prices. Still high, but fair. Now, IRL is what's considered, to me at least, new internet. And chat rooms are considered old internet. I figured why not just mash the new thing and the old thing together? Works with other stuff. I got a Trey Anastasio record for Christmas. And I'll tell you what, when I was making nose love to the album and smelling that sweet, sweet scent of the vinyl, a little piece of paper fell out. Digital download, it said. I had no idea what it was. Well, eight years later, I'm still trying to figure it out. But in that time, I came up with Chatroom IRL. Chatroom in real life. Sure, some people will grumble at you, you know. People like your step-uncle's neighbor. They'll say something smart like, Wait, isn't that just a party? No, Mr. Ponicordo. And what the hell do you know about parties, Mr. Ponicordo? Say, isn't that just a gathering? Absolutely not. Just go back inside, Mr. Ponicordo. You still use a landline. I'm serious. The guy still uses a landline. You see, the beauty of chat rooms is that you can let yourself be yourself without fear of being shamed by the general public. Now, to simulate this anonymity, we blindfold you with our exclusive patent pending IRL in real life blindfold. Yes, you get to keep it. Wow. Once you're IRL in real life blindfolded, and yes, we test to make sure that you can't see a dang thing. Time to sign some paperwork. Boring. No. Yes, uh, you sign the paperwork blindfolded, but trust me, it's just your typical legal mambo-jambo stuff. You know, you ain't missing anything. And of course, we guide your pen in hand straight to the line that says, sign here. All right, blindfold, check. Paperwork signed without issue, check. We then make you talk in a high-pitched register. That way, there's no way anyone in the IRL in real life chat room recognizes you. This was a change implemented after we launched, unfortunately. Apparently, some people are able to recognize someone just by the sound of their voice. I'll be honest with you, I do not get this. I, I, I don't have this ability. You have trouble meeting people? Well, now you can meet them and you don't have to see them. Just like a chat room. 
but in real life. Chat room, IRL. And before you say anything, yes, I realize the word room in chat room implies that this event will be indoors. Yet another change implemented after launch. We tried the indoors thing. Just didn't really work out. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but the staff at the Tustin Holiday and Express and the Orange County Fire Marshal were out of line. I had a fire extinguisher with me. Look, it's not my fault that they're supposed to be serviced, even if you never use them. What the hell is that? What really needs to happen is more doors. I mean... If there were more doors in Ballroom 3, it never would have been an issue. But because there's only six doors in Ballroom 3, of course we had a couple minor issues. But it was just one fractured tibula or fibula or whatever it is, I don't know. I'm still trying to prove the fire marshal tried to intimidate juror number six. You know, the hot one. But that's besides the point. I shouldn't be talking about it. Now you're probably wondering to yourself, why the hell am I making a commercial for this? Isn't this man tied up in numerous legal affairs because of this program, because of this seminar? Let me level with you. Mr. Jacob Derrick needs some cashola, bad. Which is why I'm offering the course at a discounted rate. Six dollars. Cash only, no change. This isn't an arcade. So come on down and join me at the next seminar, won't you? And for the first time ever, we'll be holding it at night. So make sure you bring your jacket. And uh, don't be alarmed when the geolocation looks like it's in the parking lot of a Wells Fargo in La Cañada, Flint Ridge. All right, people. Are you ready to reveal your... Page sex and location, please? I, Jacob Derrick, invite you... I don't know your name yet, sorry to my brand new acquaintance building course, Chat Rooms, IRL, Chat Rooms, in real life. Do me a favor, be cool in the Wells Fargo parking lot. Don't do anything stupid, okay? I get, I get fired on my third strike. Thank you, this was a sketch. Chat Rooms still exist today, but they're turned into new form. You know, commenting on a Facebook picture and getting a reply could be considered a chat room. I yes, mean, you know, absolutely. People do it instantaneously. And the topic or theme is the photograph exactly. or statement you've just made. Exactly. Now, like you were saying earlier, the anon- uh, anonymity. Anonymity? Anonymity, yes, thank you. The anonymity is mostly gone now. The, the what is? Anonymity. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, like the sea anonymities? Oh. Is, it's mostly gone now. You can still make fake accounts and not put your real info, but that's not the mainstream, you know what I mean? Like, having your you know address and social security number on your social media is gonna be one of those things like oh you want my social go ahead and just look at my about me so i shouldn't do that just give me one sec well you can be ahead of the curve that's true people put everything about themselves on the internet now with their real name doesn't matter doesn't you know it doesn't matter if you want to go in and talk about some secret in some random chat room because people are talking about all their stuff with their name and everything nowadays and when you're going to get hired for a job i don't know it's just it's crazy the stuff that people put on the internet at least with something like AOL chat, you could be fairly anonymous and admit to stuff. Even Tina, still at 45, is still using it to do that. Now, should we just head into a chat room where we play a game? I would love that. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a This Was a Quiz. With Mark Schroeder. Mark, what was your first screen name? MK Supreme. MK Supreme. Get the fuck out, really? Okay. Yeah, for Mortal Kombat. I thought I was yeah, so okay. good. And I was not Supreme at Mortal Kombat. I could be easily beaten. But yeah, I thought I would really intimidate people on the internet. But MK Supreme. What about you guys? Uh, oh, mine was Woody Simon 24, which uh, is I not remember aged that. well. You, you carried that through for a yes. long time. Oh, yeah. I yeah. emailing you at that. Yeah. yeah. How about you? RMH Corn Nut, because <laughs> I was a big corn fan, and I loved corn nuts. That's fun. No, I mean, we, I'm sure we all have extensive 
extensive experience in internet chat rooms in the late 90s and in the 2000s, some dark times, some wonderful times, discovering ourselves, (laughs) discovering others. (laughs) Let's see how much we know about the wonderful days of the internet, the bygone era, with a little game called Age, Sex, Location. Oh, ASL, baby! ASL! Can I tell you something? I'm so stupid. For the longest time, I thought it was American Sign Language. You thought somebody who was chatting with you over visual words was asking you if you spoke. Because maybe if we met in person, they would need someone who can communicate an ASL. I love that. So I'm going to read the ASL of a fictional character from TV or film. You guys are going to name the name of the character. Okay, here we go. We're working together? Yeah, together as friends. This is a hard one then. Eight, female, Springfield. Lisa Lisa Simpson. Simpson. That's correct. Five, male, Mayberry. Uh, Opie. Uh, Opie. That's correct. Shazam, Andy. I was talking to Opie. He sent me some pictures of him going swimming down by the fishing hole. Oh, I understand that, Gomer, but that's the only hole I want being sent to Opie. You understand? Okay. 35, female, Pawnee. Leslie, no. That's correct. Oh. 18, female, Stars Hollow, Connecticut. Sabrina? That is Lorelai Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls. Uh, of course. That's a tough one. 17, male, Hill Valley. Uh, Marty, uh, McFly. Marty McFly. That's correct. 18, male, Agrabah. Aladdin. Nice, Prince boys. Ollie. Ah, if you're nasty. Full oh! name. Full name. All right, name. very good. You can uh, chat with all these kids. Stay away from the kids, though. <laughs> Don't chat with I, the kids. I'm not going to. Chat with the adults. Is Sultan's on there by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That, wow. Okay, cool. I uh, I feel like I can hit up all these people now and be friends with them. Well, now you can recognize you can recognize them instantly from their ASL. Now I want to know who the Sultan was. The voice of the Sultan? Who played the Sultan? I don't think it was anybody oh, else. Jafar. Jafar, you. How dare you, Jafar. That was good. That's pretty good, Sultan. So I think it was Richard Nixon. But he was very scoofy. <laughs> yeah, who was it? Douglas Seal. Oh, Douglas Seal. Yes, he was a theater actor. He was in He was in Noises Off? Yeah, he's an actor. Nominated for a Tony Awards. It seems like he was an actor. The man's an actor. What was he? A, what, do you think he was a plumber? He was an actor. <laughs> and for the role of the Sultan. Oh, hey, you know, he was he was Santa Claus in Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes, Get yes. the F out of town. Wow. It all comes back. Tune in to our Ernest P. Worrell episode. <laughs> or, talking- or, or, or go back and listen to it. So uh, you can find more about Douglas Seal on at this was a thing pod <laughs> or www.thiswasathing.com forward slash Douglas Seal forward slash who forward slash yes I said Douglas Seal or patreon.com old Douglas Seal level five dollars get you <laughs> uh, some of uh, Douglas Seal's underwear uh, scripts uh, highlighters he may maybe not use we don't know oh DVDs that may or may not work featuring Douglas, Douglas Seal. Seal Family Ties season three <laughs> disc, disc two he's in one of those he plays the boss yeah he comes in and he goes oh Michael he's really good okay uh, see you next week Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cutcut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And if you really liked what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 